Can everyone hear me okay? All right. I pray that you all had a blessed week, even if it was challenging. God is always with us. Uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for allowing all of us to be here this morning, for your breath in our lungs, for seeing us through another week. We thank you for the worship service thus far and the blessing that we have received. We ask that you please send your Holy Spirit to be with us now as we just learn more of what your will is for us. We ask this in the name of your loving son, Jesus. Amen. So for those of you that don't know me, I am Aaron Odonkara, also Aaron Ogaba. Um, and this morning, I want to talk to you about a person, someone that we are aware of. So just think about this as I ask you. Have you faced a situation where you thought there is no possible way I'm going to get through this? I'm going to talk to you about a person who went through a situation that others thought this isn't going to be a good outcome. You may ask, who is this person? Maybe the sermon gives it away, all right? But we're going to look at it from a different perspective here. Um, he's a boy that tends to sheep of his father. Not only that, he is an instrument in the hand of God, a tool thoroughly sharpened for holy use. Think, how does that pertain to me, to you? There was war in Israel, a war that threatened the armies of Israel. Even the king of Israel, Saul. It was a war against the Philistines. I want to look at verses uh, in 1 Samuel 17, verses 17 to 19. And it reads, And Jesse said unto David, his son, Take now for thy brethren, and Ephat of this parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David gets up early in the morning, prepares and goes what his father had asked him to, to do. Now he gets to the camp, of course, and he sees this commotion. The Philistines are on one side of the hill, the Israelites on the other. There's the valley where they're meeting. And as he's there meeting with the fellow brethren and, and talking to them, who does he hear but Goliath? accusing the Israelites, cursing them, and telling them, well, send down your greatest fighter, and if I beat them, you know, you'll be our servants. If you, D 
defeat me, then we'll be your servants. Now, Goliath is a, a huge person, uh, none that no one has seen before. Nine feet tall. So I'm a little bit over six feet, so nine feet is three feet more. So just imagine how and massive that he is and, and uh, someone who has been fighting since he was a youth, young. David hears this, and the Israelites are afraid because this, look at this insurmountable person that we have to deal with. How are we going to manage this? So as he talks with uh, those that are there, uh, what's going to be done about this Goliath? He's cursing God. How, how, how is this? How is this? Why isn't anybody standing up to him? And I'll give you a little bit of backflash as to why David is speaking in this manner. So as he says, well, what will happen to the person that kills Goliath? And they say, well, the king is going to give him all the riches um, for the person who's going to do this. Now, as he's talking, and Goliath has been there for 40 days, you know, cursing God, David's brother, his eldest brothers, says, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Aren't you supposed to be tending the sheep? What are you out here amongst those that are fighting? You're not a soldier, so why are you out here? I want to look at verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? It's personal with David. Why? Because here is somebody talking against God and his people. Think about it. If someone were to talk about your family, your mom, your dad, your brothers, it's personal. Oh, it's time, it's, it's time to fight, you know. You should not be talking about my family like that. So this is how God is also seeing it. It's personal. And, I mean, David is seeing it. It's personal. Let's look at what gives him that authority. In chapter 16, verse 12 to 13. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So this is why David has authority, because he was anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is with him. But while he wasn't yet king and Saul was the king, he wasn't looking to overthrow Saul that he has been anointed. No, he was waiting for the time when Saul will no longer be king. So this is why he was so agitated. The Spirit of the Lord was with him. The Spirit of the Lord was with him when he went and slayed a bear and a lion. This is why 
He was so agitated, and it was personal with him. Let's look at our memory, our scripture reading, to see what has happened at this point. A few verses before that, Goliath is continuing to boast, continue to call out the Israelites, and saying, when he sees David approaching, now remember what he looks like. He's a youth, all right? He's, he's not a child, maybe, in his teens, if we compare it to today's times. Ruddy-looking, you know what ruddy looks, what that is? We can say he's a pretty boy, all right? So here's a pretty boy that's glad. He's like, what? Are you kidding me? You're sending me, you, you want me to fight this, this, this kid here, this pretty boy? Really? But he didn't know who he was fighting against. He wasn't fighting against David, no. David was just the instrument. He was fighting against God. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give it the carcass of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. My brothers and sisters, if you don't know that there is God, I guess now you do. The Bible tells us and shows us from all these experiences so that we know that God is there for us. He's there to champion and fight for us. Just some key takeaways that you, I want you to go away with today. If you don't go away with anything else, just remember these. David recognized his anointing as his right to protect God's people just as he protected his sheep, fight for them, and deliver them from threats. So the sheep was just a training ground for him. And then it was the people of Israel. So, are we not God's people? Is God not protecting us? Does God not fight for us? What are we afraid of? Do we really need to be afraid of anything? Yes, we have COVID, we have other diseases, we have rent, we lose our work. God is always fighting for us. Look around. Yeah, there's destruction, but God doesn't forsake his people. He proved himself to be a diligent follower of God. David did. He would spend time in prayer. He would worship to the Lord. Are we not diligent followers of God today? Do we not come and pray? Do we not have small groups? If you're not involved in small groups, just an aside, please get involved. God doesn't want us to be alone, to struggle alone. That's not our purpose. So here, if we're diligent followers as David was, we should not be afraid. David saw that Goliath was outnumbered and will soon be overpowered, for the Lord would fight with David against the giant. So if the Lord was fighting with David, the Lord is fighting with us today in all our trials, 
in all our struggles, in our sickness, in our health, when it looks like everything is just, I can't take it anymore. I've had enough. I don't know what to do. Get on your knees. God knows what you're going through. God doesn't want you to be alone. Speak to someone, someone that might give you encouragement, someone that might be able to give you advice. God doesn't want us to suffer alone. He knows exactly what we're going through. After David's defeat of Goliath, all of Israel was energized to fight leading to victory. So when you hear of a testimony that one of your brothers or sisters gives you of their struggle and how they overcame it, are you not energized? Are you not on fire for the Lord? When you hear what has been happening in our church last year, this year so far, does that not show you that God is there championing for each one of us, that we should not be afraid, that we should move forward in faith boldly, as he says, let us remember this, for the Lord God is always with us. We don't have anything to fear. The only one that wants us to fear is the enemy. With God, we are more powerful because he's there fighting for us. He fought for David. We're not any different than David. The battle belongs to the Lord. The Lord is always with us. Amen.